The podcast which you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed by the three assholes recording it are done so solely for comedy purposes. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Whiskey Reel. Four and three and two and one. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of good or evil. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that? Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, superfly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! So did you watch all the championship games? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, um, I mean, first off, yeah, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but we're going to touch on this, and this will be the last thing we speak of that's football-related for six months, five months, unless something crazy happens. Um, I did. I usually look forward to it. I love the matchups on paper coming into the day. Um, I will preface everything by saying that was some of the worst officiating I've ever seen in both games. It was bad on bad. Um, I don't know how you give a team three third downs, but um, very strange non-calls, very strange calls. It seemed like they were cooking the books a little. I don't believe in that. I don't either. I just think it was poor officiating. We've talked about this before, having full-time refs. Um, that aren't also like accountants Mm -hmm. um, on the the weekdays sort of thing. Um, So I'll preface it with that. That was infuriating in both games. It was hard. Uh, You watched, I thought the Niners had a great chance going into the game. It was hyper unfortunate what happened. I mean, they had no shot after that. And then the team lost, you know, all of its chutzpah. Um, going into him getting hurt, uh, the Eagles had scored seven points on a non-catch. So theoretically, they could have been up 7 nothing when yeah, he got hurt. 100%. I thought he was being a pussy. And as it turns oh. out, yeah. <laughs> he tore a ligament yeah. in his arm. U- UCL? In, UCL. Yeah. Yeah, which is... And here I am going, well, he's throwing the fucking ball. Bite down on a stick and throw the ball. You know, how much pain can you be in? And here we are. Um, but that being said... Uh, that was a that game was over by middle of the third quarter. That was a depressing end depressing. to his story. I and, mean, and it was I still, such a great story. I agree. I agree. And, and the, the really bad part before we move to the next one is he's going to be out for like a full year. Oh yeah, they're calling it a six month recovery, but this is the Tommy Tommy John. Yeah. Um, Which they're really good at now. They're really good at, but it normally takes a full year before a guy is like functionally throwing at the level he was. Which makes the Niners going after somebody like Aaron Rodgers or something a real possibility, which would be interesting. Which he he was asked about, and he definitively said, I'm not going to San Francisco. So I'm not going to surround myself with a coach and a team that will get me a Super Bowl. I think he's still burnt by those guys. Fuck him. That's such a childish. Alex Smith over him when he was drafted, you know. Really? You're going to hang on to that that long and not not go get another ring? Because he goes to that team and it's done. Everybody can pack their bags. That'd be a wrap. That's a wrap on that team. Um, And then going into the next game, you know, Mahomes doing Mahomes shit, limping along on one leg, uh, being 
you know, Wallace, you know, what's, what's his name? Willis Reed. Willis Reed, You know, Reed, and yeah. of the Knicks coming back after being, you know, it, it was, that was a fun game to watch. Bad officiating again. Um, Some to, very odd stuff. It was very odd. Um, I Stuff I've never seen before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the apologia uh, that is broadcasters. And, uh, oh, we're going to kick it over to Gene Steratore. Why? What's he going to say? Yeah. That it was a good call. Yeah. That's all you guys do. You're, you're shameless fucking plug. And I get it. You got a job to do. You can't disparage the NFL. But that's why it's good. Like Pat um, McAfee comes on the next day and just lays waste to everybody because he can do that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> The NFL doesn't pay him, so. And when you brought it up, that fifth, the 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 series of downs I, where I they can't. just kept extending I that just drive, can't. I was like, "What the fuck?" The, I mean, the shitty PI call that kept the fucking drive going. Yeah. Now, granted, that call at the end was a good call. Oh, the the, the rough, push the, in the back. The, Unnecessary roughness. Perfectly acceptable. Um, They'll call that one million times out of a million. uh, And the fact that it happened to be on the last play of the game is unfortunate for that young man because he had played a great game up until that. But that being said, um, we are looking at, you want to talk a little bit about the historic significance of what we're going to see next weekend? Uh, The big historical significance is this is the first time we have two black quarterbacks in a Super Bowl. Which is crazy to think. Yeah, it took to 2022. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. We no. have had one black Super Bowl MVP yeah. in the history of the league. Yep, um, Doug Williams, Doug Williams yep. of the of the formerly known as that team that yep is now called the Commanders. The Commanders, which <laughs> is yeah. a stupid name. You and I both growing up in an era where our parents and friends and the TV was telling us that black quarterbacks were incapable of playing the position. The implication being what? That they're not talked, smart enough. Yeah, they can't figure out how to be a quarterback. Exactly. And it was a, it was an intellectual problem, not a physical one. Exactly. And it's hilarious because you go back in the days of like Jimmy the Greek and stuff. Yep. Where these guys were clearly racist. And it's nice to have their hat handed to them. Yep. You know, I mean, Mahomes already has got, you know, belts. So, yeah. But just seeing the, you know, some of the best quarterbacks in the league, most of them, um, outside of the, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Brady's gone. But you look at Lamar Jackson, um, you know, you look at Russell Wilson, even though he had a horrible year, yeah. still gifted guy. There's a lot of potential. Jalen yeah. Hurts You could go awesome. down the top, the top 10 and yeah, you got Jalen Hurts, Pat Mahomes, um, two as a person of color. Yep. Um, uh, uh, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Russ, I mean, it, most, you mean the most overrated quarterback in football? Yeah, he is pretty overrated. Uh, I, Gino, when, Gino, had Gino a Smith great had a great year out of the grave. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, exactly. he like he, he reanimated into a quarterback week, week nine or ten. They were talking about him as a potential MVP, MVP and he was playing MVP football. You know? And now we're looking at probably the top, two top vote getters for MVP when that does happen. Right, Mahomes and Hurts. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. I think um, what we can talk about I, your son. Huge Eagles fan. Huge Eagles fan. So I, I hesitate to discuss anything Eagles with you oh, okay. because I'm sure you and him have been, you know, it's great when your son isn't in your conference so you can root for each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sure. <laughs> otherwise it'd be a bloodbath. But I am, I, I said this, I, for as well as Jalen Hurts played this year, I don't see it. Yeah? I don't get it. Uh, he was pretty good. I you don't, don't see the it. Eagles as a team that's not what i said okay. i said i don't see him i don't get i don't i don't i don't 
think he belongs in the elite quarterback class. He can run his ass. Shit, he torched us for like 180 yards oh, last yeah. time we played. Like, yeah. he personally has beat the Saints for two years yeah. in a row, like, by himself. He's still erratic when He's it comes very, to pocket I, passing. Yeah, I but just... But, man, he throws a very pretty deep ball. He does. But he, I also... I don't know. I, 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 I'd like to see more, please. I... I guess my take would be is I never want to see him in a position where he has to throw it 45 times to win a game. I don't think he can. I don't think, I don't he think necessarily that has that game. Is he super ability. talented? Would I like him yeah. on my team? Fuck yeah. Oh, somebody we forgot. Justin Fields. Plus, he's a dog. Yeah, dude. He's a, he's a monster. He wants to get in there and play. Yeah. Um, anywho, who are you liking? What was your thoughts on the conference games? And then you can talk. roll right into who you think is going to win. The Pretty much one. the same as you. Uh, I mean... Obviously, the quarterback situation for San Francisco was telling, and the game was essentially over 10 minutes in. As soon as he got hurt, you it know, was a wrap. I mean, and especially with Josh Johnson comes in comes in and look very lost. Like like any fourth-string quarterback would. Yeah, a guy that's been on, <laughs> you gotta I think, remember. 15 teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got, you got to the remember. ultimate journeyman. But you got to remember, this Purdy was third string. Like It wasn't like their number one went down and number two stepped in. This number three went down. And they were winning. They were on, what, a seven-game win streak? Yeah. With him, with him, and um, and he played very well the until he got time. hurt. Until yeah, he got it, hurt. it's one of those things about football. Every year we get excited for our teams, and the only thing that comes out of my mouth is as long as everybody stays healthy. Exactly, and it never happens. And you had Garoppolo had, standing on the sidelines, healthy, I, totally capable of playing. I don't, but he was inactive. I don't understand. You know, well, I, I do. They're gonna. He's off the team. Obviously, that's kind they're of gonna, what the thought. Process they're gonna is. dump his salary. Yeah. Right. Um, it's yeah, he's, be, a, he's a free agent as of now. Oh, he's free as of now. Okay. Well, um, once free agency starts. Right, yeah, right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. His well, contract's better done. than Las Vegas that won't allow uh, Derek Carr to talk to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> or that, his agents. His situation. I don't know. I, I I think he's kind of in a catbird seat, personally. Yes, and I don't think... He's not going to get traded. Nobody's going to trade No one's taken on a $40 million contract. Absolutely not. He's going to have to restructure. He's going to get re-released. He's going to get released in the next couple of weeks. And he has a no trade. Like, they have to release him in the next 15 days or something? No, listen. So this is the latest fucking chisme, lanyap, wherever you're from. This is the latest gossip. The Pro Bowl is this Sunday. He Uh is playing in the Pro Bowl. Flag football. In his contract, it states, if you are injured, you get $30 million guaranteed. Guaranteed. So the thought process is the Raiders are going to release him before Sunday. Oh, yeah. Because they're not going to risk a $30 million paycheck to a guy. If he just blows a knee or something. I mean, what what could happen? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and Saints being one of the top teams... That yeah. are kind of there, you know. That's, Dennis Allen drafted him. That's the number one um, team associated with. You know, him right he would definitely have to take a salary hit, which I think he's more than happy to do. No team's going to grab him at that money. No, um, and he's a great kind of placeholder until we hopefully find our next yeah. long-term solution. But the cool you thing know? is, he's going to get a head start on free agency. Yeah, what a, what a huge position. That's to a be big, in, big thing. Know? But yeah, back to the Super Bowl. Um, after watching what Philadelphia can do. What they did to the both sides of the ball to right. on the, the 49ers, who have really stout offensive line and defensive. No, lines. they're arguably the two best. And Philadelphia just trounced them. Yeah, they owned the line of scrimmage. Yep. 
that's got to be the key to that game, man. I, I think mean, I think so. I mean, I hesitate to get that far down the rabbit hole because, as we know, when the offense isn't moving the ball and going three and out, two quarters of your offense going three and out puts a tremendous burden on your defense. 100%. Um, you get tired. You get frustrated. You make dumb call plays like shoving the quarterback in the back. Yeah. Um, I can't entirely say it was a domination from from whistle to whistle yeah. but as soon as Purdy went out that the whole team deflated and and yes they they ultimately it wasn't even close yeah right even on the defensive side of the ball they oh, did man. whatever they wanted to do whatever they wanted you know and and so I think they're going to be tough it's hard for me to not take the Chiefs yeah just because because Mahomes is Mahomes just because and on the other side of the ball they have Chris Jones who it's is frightening the ultimate <laughs> He's the ultimate game wrecker. He's just he will fuck up every play. A hundred percent. No matter where you line him up, no matter where you put him, he's gonna find a way to just disrupt the play and fuck shit up. I think they're they've got a sneakily good defense on the Chiefs. They do. I don't they I don't really think I don't I, you know I don't I, I don't think they're top five. Yeah. But I, they get the job done when they need to get you, uh, the job done. And then on the other side of the ball, you have future Hall of Famer oh. um, Patrick Mahomes and a lot of guys that can catch the ball. That There's he some future through. Hall of Famers in this game. A hundred percent. So it'll it'll be fun. Yeah. You got Rihanna at halftime. Oh, is that what's happening? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't hear. Nobody's yeah. seen heads or tails of her because she was pregnant and had a baby. And right. So she's she's uh-huh. the, she's always fun to watch. Little Riri. Riri. Like she that. is not horrible to look at. Nope. I don't know if you've seen her. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the baby weight is off. Yeah. Let's just Ooh. say that. <laughs> um, but it should be a good game. I'm going to be doing a little. You're more than welcome to stop by. I'm going to keep it chill for Super Bowl. I don't think I'm going to be going to watch it anywhere. I'm going to do a little little cooking at home. Nice. Some home cooking. Yep. Um, just I don't want to be out in the quagmire because yeah. there's people in our town that are Chiefs fans that are right yes there are a a lot I've been invited to Colin's house (laughs) yeah I'm going to politely decline (laughs) (laughs) and great time fantastic food but if things start going south for the Chiefs I don't like being around Colin when he gets sad like that Because it'll end up being your fault, my fault, you know. Um, but uh, I do go, go. I guess go Chiefs. I don't have a dog in the fight, but no. Um, but that's yeah. kind of your, you, yeah. Do you think it's I, high scoring or low scoring? I think honestly, it's relatively low scoring. I think it is too. Um, I think we're gonna look at like seventeen, fourteen, or something. Ooh, I think it's a little higher than that in my book, but yeah. I just don't see a lot of points with those two defenses. We'll see what Mahomes' ankle looks like. Yeah. It's a high sprain, dude. Like that's not good. That's not good. And yeah. he looked, he looked pretty good last week, but he gritted he's got through two it. weeks. You Un- know, unlike that pussy Brock Purdy. Yeah, what a chump. He <laughs> tears a ligament, and just sits out like a bitch. <laughs> um, no, he was clearly in incredible pain oh yeah and he's yeah. he's gonna have the best PT guys in the world working on it and getting him ready luckily oh, he has a- man, man Kyle Shanahan is taking a fucking beating why um, well the play where Purdy got hurt there it's a play action play kind of RPO look yeah and a lot of times you end up blocking a defensive end with a um, with a tight end right um, to slow that down, but your the play action goes away from that defensive sure, end. Sure, gives you something. But of course, the problem is Nick Bosa, or not Nick Bosa, I'm sorry. The, um, um, Joey? No, it was uh, Hassan Reddick. Okay. Um, Hassan Reddick from the he's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. The guy had like 17 sacks this yeah. year. He's just a, a hyper fast. So put, put a running back over there too? Twitchy motherfucker, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but 
you're going to have plays like that. Sure. You're if you're going to run play action, you're going to sometimes have to block big guys with tight ends. Yeah. And all they got to do is get in the fucking way for a second. <laughs> That's it. Plays going away from them. Right. Unfortunately, yeah, Hassan Reddick just blew it up. And <laughs> yeah, dude. Took his arm off. He yeah. t- almost took his arm home with him. I know. It was. Uh, it w- it didn't look super bad from the beginning, oh, and then the you replay? saw it. Re- then you see it in slow motion. Ooh. You're like, ow. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. Um, he turned his arm into a propeller. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. <laughs> it's always fun. Super Bowl is just a good excuse to kind of wish wish the prior years football away and get ready for the dog days of summer where we all you're looking at is fourth round draft possibilities and things of that nature Um, and we'll see hopefully everybody gets good news in the off season because your team's got a lot of unanswered questions my team's got a ton of unanswered questions so uh, we'll see where the 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 league lays I will say that I am not upset at the division I'm in currently no because it is shit show dog shit on top of dog shit and Tom Brady just left the building (laughs) Tom Brady is gone thank God he can go make out with his son or whatever weird stuff he does people are so I know I'm Kidding! <laughs> I'm kidding. He's very affectionate. It's very beautiful. I'm more frustrated with the way he just kicks everybody in the balls. It's great. No one talks about that. No, he can do whatever he wants. But when he slides, he just kicks people in the balls. Oh, like literally. No, he literally. I thought kicks you meant people. figuratively. No, on the field, he notoriously spikes up, spikes up, and puts it in. He hurt Ed Reed years ago. Yeah. Like knocked him well, out for a few games. He'll catch him in the like thigh. Yeah, put and him, catch yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. He does that. Shit. He's a prick. Yeah, he is a bit of a prick. Well, we are back. We are back. Hey, guys. The boys are back. The good. The good part about this is no more football for months. For months. How's that? Okay. Months. We're done with it. We allow us to expel our demons, exercise them, and now they are exercised. Until Thank I start my other podcast. Probably. Uh, there it is. It's coming. There it is. Uh, so, welcome back. You know what it is. As we record this, the world around us is burning, and we will speak about that right after we tell you who we are, which is the Whiskey Reel. This is the whiskiest of reels and the riskiest of wheels. We are brought to you by our favorite liquor store in Old Durangi. It is a wagon wheel. Uh, also the wheeliest of wagons. You, you guys <laughs> do know that. Um, Bobby picked up some booze today. Sitting across from me is that same forementioned Bobby. Aforementioned. Um, he is Bobbeth Van Noyes, apparently good friends with uh, Old Scratch. Which old is, Scratch. Which is another name for Satan. Um, and currently, uh, you know, just a bon vivant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> man about town. I'm a man about town. Man about town. Uh, he will not be partaking in what we'll talk about later because we are old and we're going to leave that to you knuckleheads. This yep. is one Mr. Bobbeth Van Noyes of the Tallahassee Van Noises. Well, thanks, buddy. Whenever yeah. I get a chance to sit down with such a distinguished gentleman. <laughs> yeah. Who has a bit of a reputation. He is the hammer. The hammer of destruction. (laughs) He's the general manager of Snowdown. Oh, God. (laughs) He's my good buddy. He's Sir Antonio Branderas. Yeah, yeah. Of the Madagascar Branderas. Yeah, yeah. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. Um... We're going to jump into why we're holed up in a little room and not participating with the world outside. <laughs> um, Bobby, you've been in Durango how long? T- 
2006. Okay, so you've been here for damn nigh 17 years, dog. Correct. Whoa. Um, we're going to talk about what we're drinking first, and we're going to launch into what the fuck is happening in this small town right now. Uh, what did you get, dude? I like what we're drinking. It is not bad. The more I drink it, I'm really enjoying it. So, uh, feeling a little burnt on whiskey. Yeah. As that happens. Oh, yeah. You get tired of Way like, burnts. Searching for a whiskey and drinking whiskey can become, you know, oddly enough, tiresome when you do it on a I, weekly basis. Buying a bottle of whiskey and enjoying it with a friend shouldn't be tedious. It's gotten a little it's tedious. It's gotten tedious. It's gotten a little tedious. So we like to flip the Some script. of the shine is worn off. Yeah. You know, we, <laughs> we, we did a wine, which we've never done last week, and now we're going to jump into something. We've done this ver- uh, We've done this liquor before, but not this specific one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I walked directly over to the aged rum section. Nice. Which usually is fruitless because there's six of them. Not a big rums. As you know what? If I owned a liquor store, I probably wouldn't have more than that either. Yeah, usually you're going to have your plantation. Zacapa. Uh, Ron Zacapa. Diplomatico. Diplomatico. Um, Santa Teresa. Maybe Santa Teresa. Um, or, and Florida Cana. I mean, really. And Florida Cana, I yeah. think those are the big players. And unfortunately, the B word. Oh, that, well, yeah. But they do an aged... Bacardi? Yeah, they do an eight-year. Oh, okay. I don't think I've ever had Still their Still tastes like synthetic dicks. Does it? Yeah. Uh, well, I went for something better. <laughs> tastes like a dirty strap on. <laughs> <laughs> um, this Pronounce label, it. The label caught my eye. <laughs> so I don't think I can pronounce it. Oh, it's great. I think with the C-I, this is Salvadorian? Yeah. So with the C-I, you say chi? I think it's key. Is it key? I think key. it's key. So Kihuatan. 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 I'm gonna get that's spitballing, but yeah. sounds good. C I H U A T A with the little pink and N. <laughs> with the little Latino umlaut. Yeah, the little Latino <laughs> whatever they call umlaut, that. Whatever they call that thing. So yeah, Kihuatan. Kihuatan. I, bet I like that. Probably. And the label is pretty. It's nice. It's got a nice artwork on it. Very um, standard bottle shape. Like yep. looks like an old pirate bottle. So normally when you're dealing with something like an eight-year aged rum, you're dealing with barreling. Yeah. yeah. So rum, you're dealing with raw sugar or sugar cane, mm-hmm. um, molasses and all that kind of stuff as well. But um, the, the barreling is what really comes through on most mm-hmm. of these aged rums. And yeah. It has a different flavor profile than whiskey, but also has some of the same notes. Once you introduce wood to anything, mm-hmm. you're going to get that... Breakfast spice with American wood, you get coconut and green pepper. With French French wood, you get nutmeg and cinnamon yep. and vanilla. All wood puts out caramel and vanillins. That's a standard for any Hungarian, Slovakian, French, American. Um, what separates them really is what happens after that. The yep. French French being known for breakfast spices yes. like nutmeg and cinnamon. Um, American being known for, again, r- like toasted coconut, yeah. green pepper. Um, it's really interesting. So depending on where you're from and what you like, I couldn't tell you what this wood is. Um, yeah. I, I don't think... Well, how about we do this before you talk about it? What's the proof and how much did you pay for it? Uh, this is a 32 bottle, d- dollar bottle. Okay. Sorry. Um, it's a standard 80 proof. Okay. Uh, the, the, then the chances are they did not use 
Um, usually South America and Central America, and they use American oak because think yep. about the Correct. obvious ge- geography of it. Um, but it's really pretty. It's getting that vanilla and caramel is just boy smacks you right in the face. One it? thing that's happened today that almost never happens is we poured this into a glass. We both put it up to our faces and instantly said floral. Oh God! <laughs> like at the same time, yeah. Just jinxed it each smell, other. smells like a bouquet of like stargazer lily. I know that's really specific. That's very, but specific. it's like lilies. Yeah, for, it is, and um, it's 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 beautiful. It's got a great bouquet on it. Oh, it's lovely. um, and it doesn't. You know, people unfortunately, same with tequila. Well, same with a lot of distilled spirits. Usually, that first introduct introduction you have to a particular spirit is something that you don't shouldn't really buy most people's whiskey first time is going to be jack daniels most people's tequila first time is going to be like cuervo what does your dad Um, have in the garage right yeah what can you pilfer most people's gin is going to be like seagram's or something your first gin yeah and unfortunately maybe the worst of them all a lot of people's introduction to rum is bacardi 100 percent. bacardi is synthetic like literally they put glycerin in it it's not real rum it's garbage product not a lot of bars in town even carry it um or let me say not a lot of good bars carry it in general um it's for people who enjoy rum you love rum yeah um i I love rum i don't even consider it when i'm purchasing it's not happening but as we do know Age rums can get pretty pricey, right? Diplomaticos and Santa Teresa, and you're going to be paying fifty bucks a bottle, sixty bucks a bottle. Yeah, I mean, finding this at thirty—it's a great buy. By is the a way. pretty great buy. Florida Kanye eight year is one of the less expensive, and, eight and that's years. like thirty-eight to forty bucks, I think. For for, for the, the name though, yeah, that name of Florida. Oh, Kanye, and Florida Kanye like, is a great product. It's one of the only family-owned rums too. Mm-hmm. Um, that still kept it small. We did the sixteen. Yeah, on, on that's podcast. right. That's yeah. right. While that we were was over at the bunker. Low those many years ago. Low those many years. Um, this is beautiful for an eight year. It does everything you think it's going to do. The, what what I really appreciate about this, it's soft. It's not acerbic. It's really really pillowy when you on the on the attack. It does lift out because it is eighty proof. It's hard alcohol. It's got a burn to it. Um, yeah. it the esophageal burn is definitely there as it's going down. You get a couple sips in. That doesn't matter anymore. But it's really, really pleasant to sip. I'm weird question for you. And this might be a trick question. Do you see a lot of utility for mixing with this? No. Either do I. I, I the, the You brought up it has that ephemeral... <laughs> Nature. <to it. laughs> you don't want to do it, do you? No, no, um, you were on a run a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it does have an ephemeral nature to it. It is, it is like you said, very soft. Yeah. It doesn't have a lot of hard edges, mm-hmm. and citrus and sugar are going to make this thing disappear. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't agree more. That doesn't mean it wouldn't make a good daiquiri because a daiquiri is a fucking daiquiri. It'd be good. It's. I would rather a rum. Now, yeah. what I could see mixing it with would be less citrus and maybe more of an orgeat kind of nutty based. That would kinda, be fun. You know, uh, tiki style. Yeah, if you were able to constrain your mixing and not add too much shit to it. Yeah. Because this can't hold a lot of weight. This is a very lime is lime is going to make this vanish. Oh God, it's going to erase it. But nuttiness and maybe a touch of pineapple. No, I like that. That might be actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, kind of a like a bootleg mai tai ish sort of direction. And this could this could take a little bitter touch to it too. I agree. Some. 
Jamaican bitters or something. Jamaican like that. bitters should be fun in this. Um, tobacco bitters should be. Ooh, nice in that'd this. be interesting. Um, just yeah. to give it some more dynamic. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Coco Lopez. A tiny bit of that, that in here. Yeah, yeah. Just to make it really mellow, but um, it's. It's good rum. 32 bucks, man, for an eight-year. For an eight-year. That's crazy. Pretty killer. On the label, it says, The Land Beside the Sleeping Woman. Oh, whoa. Is that what that means? I don't know. If maybe? We do no research here, so I you know. got <laughs> <laughs> We picked this up 20 minutes ago. Right. Oh, that's great. And it is bourbon barrel aged. Which oh, it's American. to yeah. American. Yeah. That's great. Well, yeah. Fun stuff. If you're a fan, if you want to expand your horizons, if you, like us, are in the world of tedium when it comes to whiskey at the moment, it's a nice departure that you can throw a rock in and sip it, and you'll be fine. This is a great sipper. Yeah, it's great, man. And hey, tiki season is coming upon us. It's a This winter will end. I don't give a shit what that Pawtunky fucking... Pawtunky Phil? Yeah, whatever that bullshit (laughs) is. Fucking groundhog. Uh... (laughs) I've been at Groundhog Day for three years. Amen. Uh, speaking of Groundhog Day, I will be shortly after this podcast uh, running home as quickly as possible. Yeah. And, and why is that, Bob? Why what do you, you think? What are you running from, Aaron? What do you think <laughs> might make a man such as make men such as ourselves disappear by when the sun goes down? It's interesting. This is. Uh, snowdown week in Durango, Colorado. We've talked about this every year. Every year. Because we it's always a nightmare every year. We have had some good snowdowns. We have Amen. had some fun on snowdowns. Yeah. I overall don't have a huge beef with the concept. It's nice uh, economically for our community. Yep. It brings in a lot of money. Um, it 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 does put some undue strain on all hospitality parking and hospitality and just convenience for people that want to actually live their fucking lives that get up and go to work every day yeah (laughs) Yeah, it kind of makes things difficult yeah for sure yeah if your toilet gets clogged this week it's gonna fucking stay clogged (laughs) get a porta john because you're not getting any help because you know why because your plumbing contractor is doing blow off of the back of a toilet at a bar right now yeah um this is that time if you guys for you locals you know it but for those of you that are not living in beautiful touristy durango uh this was created like 35 years ago or something like that to like um basically break up winter as kind of a cabin fever it was started small like small small and now has become like one of the biggest kind of tourist holidays in Durango. Uh, people come from all over the place to kind of celebrate. They usually, they always have a theme, an overarching theme. Like one year it was nerds, uh, like, you know, glasses and, you know, high water pants. Then it was like superheroes. Then it was uh, like cosmic. They, you know, every yeah, year they have yeah. intergalactic. And this year they chose a really bad one. Bad. And so it's, it's bad. And not because Shakespeare is bad. No. Um, but because, believe it or not, hyper limiting. Now, the good thing about Durango is it doesn't matter what the theme, they're going to wear whatever they want anyway. Oh, I saw a guy 30 <clears throat> minutes ago dressed like a pickle. Makes total sense. Why in the fuck wouldn't he Why be? Why wouldn't he be? Yeah. Uh, you know, you have incorrect historical figures like a Knight of Templar. <laughs> No idea why he's here. Uh, (laughs) Believe it or not, not a lot of knights in Shakespeare. In Shakespeare. Just saying. Uh, But 
There were a lot of Romans, so a toga would be appropriate. Yeah, right? absolutely. You got Julius Caesar. I've seen you a little bit of that. All of all Elizabethan, you know, That's, dress yeah. and garb. Uh, ruffled collars. A lot of ruffled collars and tights. Yeah. Sounds great. I should have become a ruffled collar impresario. <laughs> impresario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can go with witches. Yep. Fantastic. Why not? Macbeth. Uh, you can go a little down the rabbit hole, but uh, this is a tough one. So It is. I but mean, it's... Well, it's, the changes this year that they made, talk a little bit about that. Because it was we've been scratching our head for the last like month after listening to what this was. Everything good about Snowdown it, it is good. It's, it is good for our community in certain ways. It is also bad for our community in certain ways. Because we have, after COVID, celebrated and lauded our frontline workers and hospitality workers that kind of got us through that shit at their own detriment Fucking trying right. to survive and as thanks <laughs> we decided to expand snowdown by four days it went Basically. from a five-day event it's a five-day event which let's be honest wednesday yeah. not a biggest party day either was sunday because traditionally it fell on super bowl, super bowl yeah. and by that time nobody's trying to do shit no. right after two days of blowing your face off you just ha- crawl Literally. in <laughs> you basically <laughs> crawl into super bowl yeah. right oh, yeah. this year super bowl's on a different weekend yeah. fantastic two years, in a row. two years in a row um which is great for anybody who enjoys doing two different yeah. things not all smashed into the same weekend right and they extended it by four days yeah so they started last friday where a week yeah, we've dude. been doing snow down for, for a week a week feels weird now granted usually thursday friday saturday in a normal year are the big party nights obviously because people work friday saturday being the big yeah. party nights, right? You had the Follies. You also had like uh, the golfing thing. That's really where people like really let their hair down. But it seems like with this, I saw people dressing up last weekend. Oh yeah. So is it a cash grab? Yeah, it's or what's be, going right? on? I mean, I think the board probably had the best of intentions. They're like, no, we can extend this a few days, and businesses can enjoy the extra business and that but without really thinking about there are some consequences i mean we're good friends with um our friend blaine over at in the weeds yeah you know what i mean he could tell you what hospitality workers deal with as well as you and lots of other people i mean the depression and anxiety and exhaustion leads to addiction very bad choices yeah it leads to very bad choices especially the anxiety yeah i think yes you gear up you wake in the morning you know you're just going to get absolutely murdered the problem is a lot of the people that don't act right live here and they're usually your attorney yeah your fucking accountant the guy the, the the guy that runs this particular business that you're involved with those are the guys you see that are passed out behind dumpsters and so it's not like these and are that's not hyperbole no i've seen it <laughs> yeah um i don't know how wild it'll get this year there's an energy in the air that feels a little frenetic and a little wild right strange. now. strange yeah um, people are kind of cutting loose a little i think i am not well the last two years like they tried to do it last year it was a just... mid unmitigated failure yeah um and the year before that obviously covid so right we really haven't had a real one since 20 yeah um right before the pandemic i think people are going to go nuts they're doing all these 
the event schedule is almost laughable by yeah. the amount of shit they're doing every day. You know, when you have Office Depot doing events. They're actually doing events. When it's crazy. you have like these places that aren't convenient to even get to. Yeah. The whole idea of Snowdown is that you're able to walk and not drive in everywhere, right? So to be quote unquote safe. Take Ubers, walk yeah. home. But now you're supposed to drive out to Bodo Park. N- Bo- to Harley Davidson yeah. to go do an It just doesn't feel like it feels like the logistics of it weren't as well thought out. I was told very directly by a Somebody. friend on the DPD, do not drive anywhere this week. No. And I mean this week. Well, like, he's like, if you're having a drink, I don't care if you're having a beer, don't drive home. Figure something out. Figure something out. Yeah. Because. And, I mean, that should are, be every day. But. We are coming down hard because we know people are going to be driving all over the place. Well, you know, it's funny. The CRA, the the Colorado Restaurant Association, our local chapter, worked with the police to do something very cool. I don't know if they're doing it this year. And that thing that was cool was they allowed people to park overnight in metered parking, yeah. which is usually a ticketed situation. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if and they're doing that. They did it in 20. Yeah. And I will tell you, after talking to the police chief about it, mm-hmm. he said half of the DUIs that people were catching were people moving their cars. Moving their cars. From metered to street. Yep. And they just got popped trying to drive two blocks to go park somewhere else. Yep. Um, but don't. Don't do it. And unfortunately, Rex gets Rex will get to see you. Yeah. She sees all of you. Well, yeah, people <laughs> people get those like short move DUIs all the time. I I, mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, you live it, up on you the feel grid horrible. And you end up driving downtown for some stupid reason. Why would you You know what I mean? But and, you're trying to get your car out of a ticketed situation. And you want to just go up four blocks to four six blocks. or whatever. What could go like, wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> DPD everywhere. Everywhere. Um just be careful. Be safe. And even, you know, look, even if you've had a beer, I mean, I'm not saying that you're going to go out and kill somebody. But trust me, Bobby and I have both went through it. You do not want to pay the price of what it takes to go through a DUI, even if you're just barely .08. The um, money is... It's incredible. The money's almost the least of it. It's the time and energy. It's and, the... Yeah. Energy. It's the... It's they, a lot. They, it is so onerous to oh, go God. through that situation. It is Fuck. so mentally exhausting. And really humility and it should be humiliating. You made a mistake. Of Don't I, I'm not we trying both to both made mistakes. I'm not trying to alleviate the responsibility, but you literally feel like you're a piece of shit. I know. You know, and, and in both of our situations, we were trying to hang out with each other. <laughs> Easily, yeah, that was the best part about it. Um, I was not in a good mental place at that no, point you in my were life, not. You were and neither were you. Quite no, frankly. I wasn't actually. Um, but we learned for our lessons, right? We, do. we did. But Snowdown is great, like you said. I really, I did Snowdown on Main Avenue is our big big street. That's where everything happens. That's our literally Main Avenue. That's where ninety percent of this festival transpires is on that street. I spent eight of my 10 years here being on that street, every snowdown and working. There is a level of anxiety and quite frankly, hatred yeah. that goes on with, if you're working every night of snowdown, you start to lose hope for humanity. Yep. Like it gets like serious. So when people go home and do a bunch of drugs and drink after yeah. a shift, you know why yeah. you were just beaten to a pulp. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, that's what every every little city in America has their strawberry festival or right. this. And it's one big weekend. Now they yeah. just turn that into two. Yeah. 
And typically, it's you get a few months to recharge, and there's taste of Durango, well, which isn't happening this year. But and we both know that businesses right now are strapped for help. They're covering shifts like crazy. Dude, I know so many people that have quit their hospitality job over the last month because everybody's still trying to pretend that it's status quo when it isn't. It's not. It is not regular. I know all the restaurants are open, but if you knew it was going on behind the scenes, it is the people that are there flat out don't want to be there and they're going to get to a point where I did where you start to question whether it's really worth it anymore. Yeah. And it's nothing to do with the money. It's the mental well-being. It's a mental health. It is a mental health issue. It really is. And that leads into, again, we talked about In the Weeds, which Blaine is fantastic. We just went over there and met with him yesterday yeah. um, with this new project that I'm working on. Um, it's it, it, it's specifically geared towards a hospitality industry and the mental health issues thereof. I think it's in the weeds.org. Dot org. Yeah. yeah, they're a they're a five oh one C three. I don't know if that's actually true, but I'll I'll find that. Um just FYI, Blaine is coming on Judgment Day next week. Great. Yeah. So What's a whiskey gonna be? Um we don't that, do a that, whiskey. That was a joke. I know. It was a joke because it's a sober I know. <laughs> Uh, no, it's a great organization. We'll talk about it a lot next week. Good, good. Um, you should. That's it's, why I'm bringing Blaine on. It's We're a great actually, resource. Um, my plan is to create a weekly spot uh, for In the Weeds. Great. That's going to play at the beginning of the podcast every week. That Wonderful. Kind of thing, you should do little. like a little calendar and what they're up to. They do exactly. a lot of stuff. Like, I want to. I want to really. I think it's a great organization. I want to. Hundred percent. I want to help Blaine. He's such a sweetheart. Too. He's and he's he's. I mean, I remember meeting him when he first, I mean, it felt like it was him and it was three weeks old. Yeah. He sat down with the CRA and it was just, he had an idea and now he's working and collabing with people and really making a difference in the community. So um, good on you, brother. Well, hospitality workers have always kind of been considered sort of invisible anyways. Yeah. And and I think underserved. A hundred percent. And in an ironic twist of verbiage. Oh, the irony is... You know, uh, <laughs> to the roof. But nobody's. That. Yeah, I've. This is the first time I've ever heard anyone specifically wanting to go out and help these frontline kids and and give them. You know, I'll just give them solutions. You know, a place to just a place to be seen and heard. Yeah, because our 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 issues are not every other working person's issues. They're very different to what we do. And um, yeah, you you get into it. I always make the make the joke. I got into this industry because it was filled with a bunch of convicts and addicts, and those yep. are my people. Those are your people, <laughs> and I like those people. They're I super like fun. Too. They're super fun. <laughs> um, but it it's a it's a lifestyle, and you know it becomes uh, romanticized and idealized. Uh, there's not a lot of jobs if you're an accountant or an attorney or a banker where you go into work and get high fives for blacking out last night. Um, that's our industry. Yeah. It's it's considered a badge of honor. It is. Dude, you throw up in your car. Oh, my God. Woo! Look, like, you're here, though. You're, you're here, here, brother. You're, here your shift, you're brother. pushing through. <laughs> you look green, but you're here. Um, yeah. So, or anyway. just getting drunk on shift. That happens, too. <laughs> it still happens. Uh, just saying. We won't name names, no, but we won't. you know who you are. I know <laughs> who I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, Snowdown, lot to love, lot to dislike. And I, I've only, I don't have to deal with it anymore. So, I kind of just look off from a distance and go, 
hope you guys do okay. Well, <laughs> you know. And this conversation is essentially going to be a postmortem. This will come out on Tuesday. Snowdown. Sure. You, you guys, your headaches will be starting to go away. Maybe. And all I can say is to all of our friends, to all of our people in this community, we hope that you come out of this safe. We don't want to hear any horrible stories. No. Um, because this is all about like we love our community and we want our friends to. Yeah, to don't of, don't do any janky drugs from a guy you don't know because. Oh uh, my god, fentanyl! Don't do please don't. Don't. Do don't do it. I mean, it's bad enough you want to go drink your face off, but if somebody drags you into a bathroom you don't know and tries to give you a bump of something, just politely just, say. I, no. And I know you're gonna want it because you're hammered, and that might feel like it's the best thing in the world, but. There's just too many people ODing on fentanyl, and you don't know what other people are are doing. So and on a weekend like careful. this, there's Please. no telling where that crap is well, coming from. They do stings in Durango for this weekend, the mm. week before, and they roll up people. People drive from all over the country to come here with a bag of drugs in their car because they yep. know they can sell it. Yeah, and. Um, there was a guy that uh, that I, I knew secondhand that got caught with like every drug in the world in his car, wow. and he's just here to sell it. Um, so be careful. These aren't like this isn't your best friend hooking you up with a little ecstasy or something. No, Th- this could come from anywhere, and just just be safe, guys. Be be safe, please. Yep, that's all. That's our public service announcement. Look at Speaking us. Speaking of safe, <laughs> we should go smoke a cigarette. Yeah, or something. I got. <laughs> A really, really, really interesting movie to talk about. And oh, yeah. I'm excited about this. We are going to talk a little childhood trauma. Yeah. I know that wets your whistle. We're going to play a couple of little tunes. We got some tunage. Bobby's got a fun one, and so do I. And, and then, uh, uh, yeah. We're going to do the real part of the whiskey reel. I know this whole thing has sent like seemed like a clutch of pearls. <laughs> no, but it's that but, time, and honestly, it's yeah. the first time I won't be in, directly involved in a snowdown. Me too, for a while. Yeah, you know, it's been I've been here ten years. As long as there's been a snowdown, and I've been in town. I've been involved in it in one way yeah. or the other. I'm not now, so it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting to take like a bird's eye view of it. So I, I just thought it would be good to talk about and acknowledge it. All right, we'll be right. All right, brother. (laughs) When you call it the front butt? (laughs) When you call it the front butt, you get a lot of high fives. Yeah, they're like, it is my front butt. (laughs) You are so clever. You're so right. (laughs) Hey, you want to do front anal? (laughs) (laughs) What are you saying? Oh, Oh, man. Oh, my God. Don't get me wrong. Sending someone a picture of your vagina is downright neighborly like mighty whitey <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i don't always think it's the best choice no look if you haven't learned by now i mean we are old enough to remember pre-internet like stuff yeah. yeah like it was already sketch enough to do things on a cell phone like just text message or yeah. photos sent yeah um 
I, I, I just don't recommend it for you young kids out there. Just don't. I know. I know. You will be somewhere at some point. Yeah. Most people are smart enough not to include their face in the picture. But if you already know who the person but is, you know. <laughs> it kind of doesn't matter. I guess there's plausible deniability, like that ain't me. Sure. As you sure. have like a distinguishing tattoo or I was about mark. to say, if you have a distinguishing yeah. feature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not good. Not good. If your vagina is an Audi. <laughs> oh. A pouty? A pouty Audi. <laughs> Very snow down. Yeah, it's very snow down. With your pouted lips. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're being stupid. Whatever. We're, we're, we're allowed to be have stupid. Have you had fillers? Have you? <laughs> <laughs> Did your vagina do the cinnamon challenge? <laughs> what is happening? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, with all of our uplifting talk in the podcast, we had to bring it right back down to the toilet. To so, our level. You're welcome. This is our level. You're welcome. And this is how we do. If people would like to bring things down to the toilet with us, mm. how might they be able to? Well, they could reach out to the Whiskey Reel. Possibly. At 970-426-5344. Audi's rule. 970-426-5344. I love your voicemails. I love text messages. I like emails. Those come in at whiskeyreel at gmail.com. You can message us on all of our socials. We're on the Instagrams. Yeah, we're everywhere. We're on the Twits. We're on the Twitter sphere. Yeah. We're being controlled by Elon Musk. I know. I wish he would follow. I I don't. I don't either. He's the worst, he's a dude. weird turd. God, he's such a turd. <laughs> hey, we touched on this a little bit last week. We're going yeah. to circle, circle back. back just for a couple of minutes. Okay. Uh, we discussed the Rolling Stone top 200 vocalists of all time. Right. Kind of an interesting list. I went through it. Rolling Stone, and mind you, talk about highly subjective. It's all matter of opinion. There's no data to support any of this. This is just a bunch of guys in room deciding. And that's what I think. My guess is is like you have a bunch of guys and girls, and they make a list, and then you compile those lists... And, and cross-reference. And you cross-reference, and then you put together, like, your little hierarchy, right? I don't have a big beef with the thing, necessarily. It's fun. It's just a stupid poll. But friend of the podcast, Fuck. Sir Michael Patton of, of, oh my God, Faith No More, Mr. Bungle, Tomahawk, Tomahawk Fantomas, Peeping, Peeping Tom. Tom. <laughs> yeah. He's got a resume. He's got a resume, and he is a fabulous fucking vocalist. Hey, he can do everything. He can sing anything you fucking He literally can do lounge lizard. He can fucking scream with the best of them. He can do ballads. He can he can rap. He can yeah. I mean, he honestly, this guy's one-stop shopping for a vocalist. And true six octave level unbelievable talent. range. You know what I mean? Um he was the one notable omission yeah. from the list that kind of got my hackles up a little bit. I just think that's sloppy and lazy. That's sloppy, Not, right? I, I agree. I agree. And they hit on, you know, Bowie ends up on the list and Chris Cornell ends up on the list, thank goodness. And there's, you know, they did a lot right. Um, Robert Plant. So if you guys have a moment, you know, go to rollingstone.com, peruse the list, 
and tell us if we're wrong or right. Because there's a lot you. of like new bands that probably didn't have some people on there. There's a lot of obscure like. Oh, I grew up with this band in the Bay Area that never released an album. And yeah. he, why weren't why wasn't he or she on the list? Right. You gotta be honest. They have to be some have some sort of notoriety. Yeah. Right. Um There was some obscure stuff on I mean there was shit on there I've never heard of. You've that. never heard of you know, right. more like world artists and sure and things like of that Fila nature. Kuti and, yeah, and that's yeah. fine. Manu, Which is fine. Manu Chow. Manu Chow. <laughs> I like I like the hipster bands that everybody knows, but you don't know a single song. Don't know any of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of those out there. There are um, a lot of those out but there. Yeah, I was kidding with Bobby when he was talking to me about this. I'm like, was Mike Patton on it? And he said no. And I was like, just burn the whole list. Yeah, that's a wrap. I don't know what to say. Who is number one? And I hate to be that guy. Who is number one? That, I don't even fucking remember. Interest here. I'll, well, you oh, talk. oh, no, I do know. Who? It's Aretha. <sighs> I know. I know. Now, in that world because originally Aretha came up gospel yeah there's the Mavis there's the Staples Sisters there's there's a lot of people that people in that community might even say she was bad but this one's badder yeah Uh, was Luther Vandross on the list yeah Yeah. Luther's on the list come on gotta put Luther I mean they hit a lot of okay you know Smokey Sam Cooke Sam Cooke Reverend Um, Al I remember Marvin Gaye I think was like in the 20s that doesn't surprise me. I, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe that's the wheelhouse. But I, th- I think he was more important not just as a vocalist, but as a musician, an artist, and an activist. Yeah, he yeah. really that's made a, a difference. Point. You know, like Marvin Gaye was not to be trifled with by virtue yeah. of a man. Yeah. Um, well, I just I was actually surprised. He, I thought he would have been a little higher. I th- oh, okay. I thought that Marvin was Gaye, your contention. I, no, I thought Marvin Gaye would have been top ten or no. Sam Cooke, I know, Ooh, didn't get come on pull, but. Come Fuck on. off, that dude. dude. Fuck on. off. Um, Tom York didn't make the <laughs> Actually, I think Tom York <laughs> did, did really? maybe make the list. Oh, my God. I don't remember. But damn. Uh, yeah, there's dude. a couple I was like, but Mike didn't make. Are you kidding? Chino Moreno? No. Come on. Come on. They're not going to Was there any? The was there any like hardcore metal bands? Uh, Ronnie James Dio. Oh, well, fucking the Power Troll. <laughs> I mean... If if he, if if Dio is not on that list, then you can go fucking kill yourself. Five foot two of absolute angelic thunder, fury. God damn it! I love fury. I love Dio. Uh, <laughs> but was there any other ones on there? Glenn Ozzie. Danzig made the list. Oh no! High two hundreds or whatever, but like. Oh, no. I don't. I, I don't, don't like buy that. that dude. I don't like it. I don't like that idiot. Not over Mike Patton. What? What about like some? I've seen Glenn Danzig live, and right. let me assure you that voice of his is <laughs> not his voice. No, it short circuits <laughs> after like three of his little howls. Like, yeah, <laughs> and he's got like three of those in him. <laughs> Speaking of power troll, he's on tour right now singing Elvis covers. Oh, that makes so much sense for I him. I kind of want to see that He's such show. a douche. I kind of want to see that show. He's such a douchebag. He has one song. I think it's on Danzig 3, Lucifuge. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what it's called. That's a name. That's what it's called. Um, <laughs> Lucifuge. I know. He's such a turd. It's so rad. <laughs> um, but the song is called Sistinas, and it's a fucking great song, but it's almost like this old doo-woppy Elvis ballad. Right, and it's really fucking good. Well, he kind of gothic really out Elvis. Yeah, look. He, he did. That's all he did. He did. Yeah, that was his deal. Uh, he gets way too much pub because of misfits. I'm yeah, sorry. I know. I know. I'm sorry. He wasn't that great. Uh, <laughs> that being said, Mike Patton, 
top Come 10 on. singers of all time. I Come don't on. care. Come on. Uh, just suck it, nerds. I don't care. That being said, um, I've been gonna, watching movies. I'm in a hard left into something. Okay. And are you familiar with the concept of analog horror? No. Okay. Not necessarily. So once I define it, you'll know what I mean. It, it, they've named it, and I don't know if that's the name lives up to what it is. There's a lot of, over the last you know 20 years, really, there's a lot of obscure directors that are doing what's called analog horror. And this is lo-fi, um, the, the, it's like super hard contrasted visuals and colors and themes. And it's like VHSE. Yes, but no, this is okay. more, this would be to filmmaking and horror movies. What an instrumental band would be to like rock. Okay. Um, it doesn't require a lot of verbiage or dialogue. It doesn't require a lot of FaceTime with actors. It's a mood more than it is um, a, a cohesive arcing act one, act two, act three. Okay. It, it It's like the David Lynch version of horror. Um, non sequiturs, really oddly filmed. Uh, there's a movie that just got came out on streaming. It was released online after it uh, debuted at Sundance, I think, and got a lot of people talking, oddly enough, on TikTok, which is weird. Um, it's called Skinamarink. I know. Just deal with the name. It's actually a play <laughs> on an old nursery rhyme. Um, this, I forgot the gentleman's name. It's kind of unimportant because you won't forget the name. It's on Shudder. It's streaming right now. And if you Shutter's have great. AMC Plus, uh, or if you have Prime, Amazon Prime, you can you can actually get Shudder. The gentleman's it. name is Kyle Edward Ball. Ball. That's right. Kyle Edward Ball. He's got some little uh, quick um, horror, like vignette sort of stuff. He's definitely got a style. He released one called Heck which was 30 minutes long, which I would recommend going to see that before you see Skinamarink. This is like an expansion of Heck, right? Almost. Yeah. Um, it's filmed almost identically. So, okay, let's get into why this is, I think, important. A, if you don't have the attention span of a goddamn G, if you're a ferret or a pigeon, <laughs> um, don't watch us. You're going to hate it. And even some of you hardcore cinephiles out there, I dare you to try to watch this. Not because it's hard to watch, but it's hard to watch. It involves two children. I'll give you the... This is one of those movies where I could literally spoil the entire movie and it still wouldn't spoil the the watching enjoyment. Sure. Because it's very... It's very... um, Everything is symbolism and mood. This is just terrifying from a point of terror it's it's terror um i can best explain it as this is the closest thing to a common childhood trauma that i could think of and i say it like this and we've all been in this situation i bet right now and this movie helps recall this i bet right now you can think of a point where young bobby noise at six years old or eight years old or nine years old is falls asleep maybe at a parent's friend house or a friend's house or you fall asleep on the couch at your own house and you wake up and 
from a kid's perspective, which is this was filmed from a child's perspective. So you don't see a lot of, you don't really see any faces. It's all feet and child low. It's like, you know, worms view a lot of it. Gotcha. But you know, when you wake up and I don't know about you, but back in like the seventies and eighties, like my, my parents would go to a party at a friend, a good friend's house of theirs. And I would fall asleep playing with the kids and yeah. they would just leave me there and get me up in the, get me in the morning. And you wake up in an unfamiliar house and you're all alone and it's dead quiet and every hallway, every shadowy corner becomes the most terrifying thing in the world to you as a child. Um, every creek, every single twist and turn. I'm sure you've done this in your own house. Oh, yeah. You're walking through to go to the bathroom as a kid and there's nothing at the end of the hallway except darkness and you will bet your life on the fact that there's something there. Something there. Yeah. This movie elicits all of those things. Nice. Um, again, I don't want to over. I don't want to sell it like it's goddamn fucking you know Avatar two or anything. This is a very difficult movie to watch. It deals <laughs> with childhood trauma and supernatural. Um, they, you know, uh, the premise of it is two kids. They're four and six, which makes it even harder. Kind of. Yeah. They wake up in the middle of the night. It's a brother and sister, and they go, and they can't wake up their dad. And then they go downstairs, and this is shot in static shots. So it's oh. there's not a lot of movement. Um, it's a lot of, do I see something? Yeah. Which you're not, because you're recalling childhood trauma when you swear the boogeyman lived in a closet in your room. And they go back downstairs, and the windows and doors start disappearing. Okay. Which you can imagine as a six-year-old in a dark house that's completely quiet. What do you do? You go to the living room and turn on the TV, right? That's your safety. And these kids do that. And um, it's kind of a trip through a a childlike terror with the parents. There's um, inevitably some demonic forces involved. Sure. And um, it's not traditionally scary. It's terrifying. And it elicits a nostalgic terror. Yeah. That is so deep for, you know, I bet you can recall a story when you were a kid and you wake up in the middle of the night or, and, and nobody's there. You may call out to your mom or your dad and you don't get an answer and yeah. it's dark. And that fear that hits you immediately being right. a kid is something you carry through the rest of your life. 100%. Um, that, Fear is a different kind of fear than when you're an adult and you can't pay your rent or you're an adult and, you know, you get fired. Right. That's a different fear. That existential fear of childhood where you realize you're no longer safe. Yeah. Is terrifying. Yeah. Um, When you get lost. Right. You get lost in a market or a mall. Yeah. um, That terror is like a different kind of terror. Yeah. And I've never seen it really expressed on film. Right. And this for me elicited a lot of that. Sure. Um, yeah. Being terrified as a kid, like a sense of isolation mixed with dread, yeah. mixed with the unknown mixed with, um, utter isolation. Right. Um, is terrifying for yeah. a child. Cause when you think about it, when were you ever alone as a child? Even when you were in your room, there was somebody in the next room. Even when you were upstairs, there was somebody downstairs. Even if you were playing outside, your mom was in the kitchen. No. 
there was always that anchor. I can of think safety. of moments as a child, like being in a basement or being in a, a house where all of a sudden the light is gone. Yeah, I had a, a an experience. I knew I was, you would. This is why yeah. I brought it up, man. Because this shit touches corners. In I your remember life. my grandpa had a, a basement in his house, and it um, there was a light in there, like a you know pull the pull chain. Yeah, down. yeah, yeah. And there was like a little window, like a transom window, a transom, like a, exactly, yeah. like a transom window that provided a tiny bit. So you're walking into shadows, anyways, right? So I was going downstairs. You're just trying to get to the light as yeah. fast as possible. And my grandma would have like jars of preserves and all that shit. In nice. There. So she sends me down this fucked off, creaky, rickety ass. ass. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, it couldn't be more scary. Yeah, it's creepy as balls. In the fucking first place, yeah. right? Even in the daytime, right? Yeah. I mean. And I, for some reason, I'm an idiot because I walk down there. I got a little bit of light and I hit the pool light because I knew where it was at. And then I'm walking to go out and I'm like, I got to hit the pool light to get, get out. out. Oh, th- then that's when you boogie. And yeah, so I hit the pull light. It gets dark, but I'm like, well, I saw the transom light, like the sunlight was going down. Oh, no. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I remember being like, I can't quite see anything. And oh, that no. feeling, and now I'm looking for the chain. And you can't. And you're just reaching in the dark. <sighs> and there's so just for purchase, just to be able to touch anything. anything. And you can't. And that feeling. Yeah. And I can remember as a young kid looking for the stairs, and I finally just found the stairs with my hands. You know oh what my I mean? God. And that comforting feeling of like, oh, this is the way out. But up until that point, you were literally in an abyss. For probably four seconds. Maybe. You know what I mean? But you but, still remember that oh, shit. Oh, no. And all you're thinking is like, I don't know what's behind me, but I've got to get out of this I, fucking room Something's right behind me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking okay, about. Okay, that... Yeah. Sort of existential fear as a child. Ooh, fuck you. I don't it, like even see thinking what I'm about saying? that. I haven't thought about that in years. This, that's what this movie does. It'll bring up all the old oogie boogies. I got you. Um, and it's, I, I, I know if half of you watch it, half of it are going to tell me you're a moron. This is literally the biggest waste of time I've ever been through. <laughs> Had a $15,000 budget. Yeah. Crazy. Um, and... Again, there's been a lot of uh, publicity about it only because we are reaching new levels of what a horror movie can be. Yeah. Um, This happened to have definitive horror elements to it. Sure. Um, Everything is, nothing was uh, any dialogue in the movie. And by the way, not a ton. Yeah. All the dialogue was done after. Right. So everything is like modulated in loud soft. And uh, abrasive. I'm, I'm gonna. Um, this is something I'm definitely gonna check out. It it's hard. It's hard, man. It's a hard movie to watch. There is some child trauma stuff in it, so trigger warning for people. Um, there is a paranormal element to it that is not great. I will say this once. This is great because I remember this as a kid. I've, everybody knows my famous dad wearing a wig, carrying a knife story, <laughs> running me out of my own house. I'm not going to go over that. It's the greatest story it, it, in it the is, history of the whiskey reel. It's kind of amazing. Um, I'm, no, I'm no fucking neophyte when it comes to being terrified. Um, I remember two times coming out of sleep, so I must have still been like 
almost lucid dreaming, but awake. And seeing, I remember one time I had a pinata hanging in my room from like an event. And the pinata literally turned towards me and the eyes went red. And I ran out of the room. Yeah. Um, and I've also had a friend over, woke up, and everything was covered in spiders. Yeah. And, but this is the tricks your mind plays on you yes. when you're a child. And you will pass a polygraph. Like, I know I saw that. I know what you, I know what I saw. You, exactly. And you've, you, everybody's had those yes, experiences. Of course. So, and, and it, and it takes place, the entire movie takes place in everybody's 90s apartment that you've lived in. Yeah. Everything is familiar. The light fixtures, the doorways, the hallway, the carpet. We've all lived in this house. And second, he actually filmed it in his childhood home, which I'm sure added some elements for him of terror. Um, There's a scene, and I won't tell you in what context, and everybody's been through this. This is what I'm talking about, this child kind of... Trauma sounds a lot like you've been... But it's traumatic at the time. Um, There's a scene where a phone... He's trying to call for help, the boy. And he's like four, which even makes it more like unsettling. And the phone turns into a And one point, things are disappearing, like toys and stuff. So it's really brain kind of scattering what's happening. And the phone turns into a Fisher-Price phone, the regular phone. Yeah. And it's the one where it's like a car and it's got the eyeballs and the smile. Uh And he's got a flashlight on it. The light's... And you wonder, why don't you turn on the lights? Well, he can't reach yeah. the light switch. <laughs> fuck. So fuck you. And he hits this Fisher Pro's phone. He's looking at it. And he turns it off. And the two eyes are really like this fucking black shape with eyes looking at him. Oh, and then he turns it on and it's back to a phone. Of course. Then he turns it off and it's that same like figure. These are all things, and I'm getting chills right now, because these are all things we've experienced as children. Uh We just don't talk about or really remember them. And why I think this is important, and I think we'll spin off a lot of like-minded directors, is because it's tapped into that childhood, nostalgic, existential fear, that dread you feel as a kid and you're scared. So, Skinnamarink. Skinnamarink. You do it at your own risk. And you either are going to understand it and love it, or you're going to think, I'm a lunatic. Skinnamarink is a childhood sing-along song right. that was written in 1910. Yeah. It appeared, and this is where Hall saw it. This is from the wiki okay. film. Um, in 58's, uh one of my favorite movies of all time, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Okay. And I, now I can remember. Now you can that, remember yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 100%. I, I've seen that movie a hundred times. And um, he said it was an intrinsic part of his childhood. And that's where he draws the inspiration for the, the, the title, at least. The title, at least. It's, um, it, again, nostalgia yeah. for the director. For anybody that grew up that in the 90s or 80s or 70s, I don't know if it would be lost on somebody a little younger, although I don't think so. But I think you're going to need to have logged some years in your life yeah. to really understand the terror. Interesting couple of side notes before we move on. Yeah. Um, it is a public domain song. He said it's evocative because of the hard K sounds in the song. Interesting. Which actually adds up. Yeah. I remember that. Um, he altered the spelling 
because he didn't want young children searching online for the song and accidentally find this fucking movie. <laughs> this is one of those where people walk out and they yeah. may walk out because they don't get it, but I think it, it elicits of it taps into a fear sector in your brain sure. that maybe you don't know you have. Yeah. That'll, it makes that you remember up. some shit. You know what I mean? Oh, well, it's fun. Now that you thought about that, you thought about no, that I memory know. you haven't thought about in fucking 40 years. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Childhood um, trauma. Childhood trauma. Woo. Love it. Love it. Um, anywho, we're going to change tack completely. We are going to change it. We're going to take a little left turn. I have not in months. Months. Brought anything. I know, man. Fuck, dude. I'm like Sisyphus. What's my deal? Rolling the rock back up the hill what every week, brother. Deal? Now, uh, this actually just popped up on my timeline the other day. I was uh, watching some stuff on YouTube and just going down rabbit holes. And I wanted a friend of mine to see a Royal Thunder video. And we've talked about Royal Thunder on this podcast. A little bit. A little bit. Um they are an Atlanta, Georgia metal band. Yeah, I would call them metal. Um, they, I don't know. They have like a bluesy, earthy nature to them. They're, they don't sound like other metal bands. In a lot of ways, I think they evoke like um, early Black Sabbath. Okay. right. But with a singer, Melanie Parsons, who is very um, melodic, really fucking wonderful singer they have big riffs they have the, a lot of black sabbathy right. sabbathy stuff so a little chuggy little chuggy right yeah and um she's so talented as a as a songwriter and as a singer um her bass playing is almost like like the last thing you think about right but this song actually does bring out some of her bass stuff nice but anyways the, the, they don't have a new album yet they haven't put out an album in like five years okay yeah it's been a minute but maybe introduce everybody to the band in general yeah so yeah. they have a new song apparently it's going to be on a new album the song is called The Knife um, I, I'm, I've listened to it a few times now I'm still wrapping my head around whether or not I really like it okay but I love her I, and I, I love didn't band. listen to this Purposefully, because I knew you were going to play it. So this is my first time out of the box. Cool. Well, let's check it out. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm curious to get your thoughts on it first because you haven't heard it yet. No. Um, and shame on you for not making this comparison. But if that doesn't sound like early heart, it's hard. I don't yeah, know don't, what else does. She even sounds like Nancy Wilson. She, yeah. She's a better <laughs> singer. She's a better singer than Nancy Wilson. She's probably on par with Ann Wilson, who's yeah. the better of the two singers. Granted, in granted. I but was the Wilson sisters. Let's just Wil- say that. Um, yes. Who kind of early female led rock or kind of the the, the queens of yeah. vocality. Um, she's hasn't lost a beat singing. 
Oh, God, no. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go on. I'm sorry. But, I didn't mean to but no, I, it sounds like early era heart in songwriting. I wish she was a little higher in the mix. Um, I do too. For me, I do too. Um, but it's that, and that could be our equipment too. But like, we'll see how it sounds on yeah, the album. Who knows? Who the knows? The album might be a different mix. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, it, I, it, from a musical standpoint, almost I wanted to go into like Skinnerd. It a, sounds like Swamp Rocky. It's gotten a little simpler. Yeah, it's not. I mean, and, this is bridge, chorus, bridge, chorus, bridge, bridge. You know, verse, chorus. And it's those not, are those are the two things that are holding me back on this song. Right. Um, one is I don't think the I think the lyrics are fine. They're but fine. They're, but they're not amazing. No, they're, it's not. They're a little generic. It's a little generic. It's yeah. a little like eh, okay. It's played well. She sounds great. They they're great artists. She sounds fucking amazing, dude. But it sounds like, like I almost to to the point where like is she better than this band? I just don't find the songwriting that exciting. I don't either. I think it's very very middle of the road. I they sound like a, a like a really um big bar band. They sound like a band <laughs> that is trying yeah. desperately to get listens. I a little yes, but who's their audience? Because their older stuff is doesn't sound like that. Nobody under thirty. Remember, I think I like the song. It's fine. Yeah. I just who under thirty five has a, an appetite for that? I don't know, but I don't know. Like it sounds Not like many rock for <clears throat> old people. It does a little. It yeah. sounds a little boomery. Yeah, it's kind of dad metal. Wait, dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because now all those aggro speed metal thrash kids are us. They so, are. So now we're listening to fucking, you know, we're going back and listening to like total shredsville. And we're like, yeah, that's cool. Um, I always wondered what that would be like when I was early, when I was young, early on listening to like hip hop as like a 12 year old, there was some point I've had this conversation when I was a kid. I was like, Dude, we're gonna be old one day, yeah. and we're gonna be. Are we still gonna be listening to this? Right. And the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so far, so good. That's fine. Sticking uh, to our guns. <laughs> yeah, brother. Um, I don't. I don't hate. I don't dislike it. I just. I'm. Just, I'm. I'm. Is there gonna be more there? There. I'm dealing with it. I hope the album album has more there because, I mean, the first three albums are pretty fucking great. Right. I mean, they have a lot of complicated mixes and yeah is is this just the single that's the troubling part you know you usually put your best foot forward on an album you put out the hit yeah if this is the hit maybe that's what they're thinking who knows because their best music is never going to be a hit no Uh, of course they're they're not a super well-known band no i understood understood but anywho yeah it's worth sharing no it is it definitely is anywho what about um, your song, buddy? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna delve into some music. Today. Coming like coming this. coming back to Snowdown <laughs> and a party. party. This is a uh, this is a party song. This is not serious. Of course, we're gonna stay on brand. Bobby brings rock, and I bring some hip hop. Uh, there's a dude we've done before. I think actually twice. He's from Minneapolis. He's on Rhyme Sayers for you people out there that enjoy hip hop. You know what that means. Or have They're ever kind of listened a, to this podcast. Or have ever listened to anything good. Uh, <laughs> there's a gentleman named Prof, like Professor, P-R-O-F. White, scrawny kid. He's a big old clown. Uh, he just does fun stuff. Nothing's ever too cerebral. He did put out some music recently that was like Riot. Um, 
kind of like almost activisty stuff, which was really interesting for him because he's constantly making fun of himself. He's like the class clown. And I like him for that. I don't need to like get too serious or like get brooding to listen to this. This is just booty shaking, like have fun with your friends music. And you know what? After watching Skinnamarink, sometimes you need to listen to something fun. You need some after all your trauma. Um, uh, and to make it extra gorgeous and goofy, he has Red Man on the track with him. Um, and who isn't, who doesn't love Reggie Noble's goofy, goofy, goofiness? Because that's who he is. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, it's called Pack a Lunch, and this has been used in many different ways. <laughs> Uh, but enjoy and if you get a chance watch the video he's always just he's such a goof uh, but I hope you enjoy it it's, it's a banger it's cool shit black Hannibal dressed like Barry Manilow no COVID shot pop I got the antidote you wanna act animal I'll push the envelope clipping the tech look like a banana boat 10th grade I have cake like anime my attitude keep you at bay the Mandalay with the gift the gab I go get the bag then I pound my dogs like a rubber dash I need a lap dance from a rap band girl show me you got drive like a dash cam yeah I'm the captain rolling the Afghan I drop bombs on them like the gap band black bandana tilting like Santana I'm a Dude, that guy's our age. I know. And he's still killing it, dude. He's fucking awesome. He looks our age. But pr- I know. Yeah, he's, start, he's starting to show. Yeah, well, we've all had a hard road. <laughs> uh, but Prof always makes me laugh, oh, dude. dude. Shit is- His lyrics are so fucking stupid. <laughs> it makes me laugh, dude. Shit is hysterical. Every time. Um, so good. Hopefully that got everybody in a better mood. Yeah, man. I'm I'm feeling like going out to snow down. Yeah, oh, no. No. <laughs> I know. I'm uh, still. I'm still talking to Rex whether or not we're gonna. Fucking yeah, you guys. Still <laughs> I was. I was throwing out some chum in the water, saying, "Wouldn't you like to just stay home?" I know. Tonight? I told Brian that I would probably swing by for a little karaoke, but oh boy! So the karaoke contest at the Tav is fun. Like it's is really the, is the contest tonight? Yeah, because the they contest. do karaoke every fucking weekend. Dude, but the problem with the contest is it lasts three fucking nights. That's it's not a, okay. No, it's That's too okay. much, man. I can't commit to that. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Fuck it. Whatever. What if say. the Wilson sisters um, blew into town? Are you fucking shitting me? And did me? some karaoke. I would. Yeah. Who was that one girl, the super cute metal chick that used to do like fucking... Uh, Iron Maiden? Iron Maiden. Okay. We'll talk about that for a second. What? I'll just make this my pearls of wisdom. She was just... <laughs> she was like this unicorn that came in and she had this amazing voice. I mean, dude. Amazing. Okay, her name. (laughs) Her name was Kat. Okay. She was an elementary school teacher in Farmington, New Mexico. Oh, crazy. There's a whole backstory, is there? Yeah. Okay. She um, would come up here on the weekends to get away from her husband, according to her. And she would come in. I didn't eat. realize I was I was gonna get a no, whole fucking. No, synopsis. you're getting this is the whole thing. <laughs> she was normally dressed sort of um, fl- not flap like uh, I guess not flapper like mm-hmm. more like fifties girl like um, yeah Betty Boopy yeah there you go like yeah. kind of Betty Pagey I remember Betty, that yeah, yeah. Um, so she'd have like the little curl in her in on the side of her hair with the bangs jet black hair. 
usually wearing like a, a whatever you call those dresses that are super short that kind of poof out. Like a hoop dress? Um, sort of? Yeah, like, like a, a hoop like, dress like, yeah. kind of thing. Or she'd be kind of housewifey. So with like, essentially you're talking about Bobby's kryptonite. Yeah. Everything about oh, what yeah. you do. <laughs> Bobby is... And she'd wear it with like combat boots with like metal studs. Yep. And fu- yeah. And she used to cover Maiden and Bro, she was fucking fired. Dude. She would come in and sing Run to the Hill yes! by Iron Maiden. And shred it. And I would just show up hoping, praying <laughs> that that girl would show up and sing that song. Right. And I'd go home. Yeah, she's fucked. She was badass, dude, dude. She was She could butt bad. low, dude. I don't know how that makes into my pearl of wisdom, except that that girl was so fucking fine. If you see Betty Page singing Iron Maiden, wherever you are in the world, that might be her. Yeah. Just stop. Just and listen. Take a listen, because she really, she killed it. She was she so good. She sounded like Bruce and Dickinson. Dude, you're not talking about a song that's easy to sing. It's, it's a horrible song to sing. It's Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> it's so hard, dude. I mean, he's he's one of one. He, yeah, dude. His, you know, he's got a 47 octave range, yeah. dude. It's ridiculous. And my friend Lindsay was trying to help a brother out, so she introduced me to her one night. Yeah. And we sat and talked for a long time, to the point where I was finally was like, I have to get up and walk out of this bar. Because, like, you're married. You, you know what I mean? You're yeah. going home to your husband tonight. Yeah. And I'm like, all I'm doing is falling in love with you one second at a time. <laughs> yeah, I got to go. I got to go. Because she was smart. She was cool. You will haunt me forever. Yeah. And she still yeah. haunts me, obviously. I remember <laughs> I every single thing about Bob- her. Bobby has... That's his, so weird that you his, that. his new favorite word is apoplectic. Okay. <laughs> He is apoplectic right now. Apoplectic. No, I know. I'm kidding. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, <laughs> All right, buddy. What do you got? Um, I made a new transition in my life. I am now working full time for a local company uh, doing artisanal food. And uh, it's a great company. And I'm happy uh, to finally get out of the restaurant business. Um, per se, I'm still dealing with food and restaurants and places that sell food and stuff but i'm kind of one step to the side of that and honestly i've never been happier um by virtue of my work and what i will say to you is i know like i know it's scary but if you have the opportunity to make a lateral move to get out of the way of anxiety and stress Take a chance. I know it's so scary. You've got a house note. You got kids. You got a wife. You got a husband. You got a significant other. You got responsibilities. Um, it's scary. But if you're like I was in a position where you are just feels like your soul is being drained out of the bottom of your feet and you live in a constant state of anxiety or worry or anger, I guarantee you nothing that you're doing is is going to be worth what the cost of that is, whether it's missing Christmases with your kids or doing whatever you need to do because you're trying to do the best you can. If you have an opportunity to do something else that requires a lot less anxiety and stress in your life, your family won't mind you making a little bit less money if you're happy. Uh, there's no dollar amount on you being a good person to your family and friends because you're no longer angry and stressed out because of what you do for a living. It's just not fucking worth it. Well said. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. You're thinking about it right now, aren't you? I'm thinking about (laughs) nothing else. Run for your life!